Blog Talk Radio. All right, good afternoon. Welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Whether you're catching the show live or in archive, again, welcome to all my listeners. Hey, listen, today is going to be a live column read. I do have a new column out. And so I'm going to read the column live, and then I'm going to talk about it in some more detail. Um, I will not be able to take live calls for today's show. So, again, as usual, my apologies for that. It's only a 45-minute show, and I want to be able to get to the material that uh, we want to get covered today. So a little quick note about me. Again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant, astrologer with expertise in multiple types of oracles from runestones to tarot cards and numerology and all kinds of good stuff. Information about personal sessions is available on my website at jimventura.com. I do sessions here in my home office in Phoenix as well as by uh, FaceTime and phone and even possibly Zoom uh, all over the country. So info, jimventura.com, you can check that out. Also, uh, author of two books, as well as my uh, Every Other Month column. Uh, if you're not already getting my column, subscribing to that, Every Other Month, uh, blind copied out, so no one ever gets your email address. Uh, it's called Snake Oil, and that's what we're going to be doing today. I'm going to uh, read uh, my current column and talk about that in more detail. So you can email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com if you want to uh, subscribe to the free column. And... Uh, uh, you can catch me at Jay Ventura on YouTube for my monthly YouTube videos and subscribe there and uh, also do spots on Instagram as well. All right. So let's kind of dive right in here because uh, this was a new column uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I really had a lot of fun writing this. It was something that had been cooking for a long time, as is pretty common with most of my columns. Uh, they don't just spring out of nowhere. They're often cooking, so to speak, for a number of years. Anybody who knows, uh, uh, understands astrology, I have Pluto, Mars, and Uranus in a conjunction in Virgo, my fifth house. So my performances are detailed and intense, and sometimes they cook a while before they show up. So um, I'm going to read the column uh, live here. And then, like I said, we'll talk about that in some more detail. Again, I'll remind any of my listeners not to be able to, time-wise, I think, be able to get to live calls today. Uh, Okay, so this is this month's snake oil column. It's called, uh, It's Getting Cold Out There. I was heading into my gym's locker room when an in-shape, solid young man in a protective mask was exiting at the same time. The dramatic reaction he performed with wide, scared eyes as he nearly collided with me and pulled back was humorous. He got too close for me for about three seconds. And the likely bombardment in the last year and a half from medical experts about the need for proper COVID protocol responses, like social distancing, was probably why he reacted so theatrically. Even though in the U.S. we are seen to be thankfully over the hurdle of the worst aspect of this pandemic, Many articles, news reports about variants, of course, still abound. There could be more bad to come uh, ahead. Don't relax by any means, and similar messages are still bombarding us. A fair amount of people, places, and businesses are still wearing masks 
and maintaining some of the extremes of social distancing. In his and other similar people's defense, nobody really knows how to act at this point. What is safe and what isn't? What is the right behavior and what isn't? The the pandemic definitely heightened what was an already growing theme of keeping more and more of a distance from others. That's actually been building over the last decade or so. Years ago, if you were in any type of waiting room for your car to be repaired, a doctor's office or visit, etc., you either read a magazine, sat quietly, or talked to the people around you. Now the common practice is to work on a computer or just stare intently at your phone. I see the same thing with groups of young people often sitting together, even walking groups while barely talking to each other and looking at their cell phones. While at bars and restaurants, you would often strike up a conversation with somebody nearby. While this is not completely gone by any means, it has notably atrophied. People seem to have lost their ability to flirt, strike up simple chit-chat, and in general seem to have a diminished level of fluid social skills. While dating apps and social media sites have opened many doors for meeting people, they've also allowed a lot of liars, pretenders, scam artists, and general BS to flourish. Attraction to another person, whether sexual or even for friendships, involves more than seeing a picture or reading a profile. It's a vibe you feel, body type attraction, observing the appeal of movement, how somebody smells, feels, and a host of other significant indicators that can only be experienced in person. In some ways, the social media focus has also created an uglier aspect, or at least magnified it, in human behavior. With Facebook and Instagram options for commentaries, this is translated into a type of negative expression that at times borders on bullying. People are more empowered to say foul things to each other because the computer or phone provides a shield. Being a nasty wise guy always carried a risk in person. You can get a punch in the mouth. I see this personally with the drivel of a name know-it-alls who say things like, astrology's been debunked. It's all a scam and other genius, quote, comments that show up on my pages when I do marketing on Facebook and similar sites. Ugliness and anger are not new, but they seem to have increased. Of course, and understandably, the pandemic of 2020 and the early part of 2021 added more coldness and fear to others, to the situation. Not surprisingly, alcoholism has risen dramatically in the last few years. People are more afraid than ever, and alcohol is the energetic and physical mass of liquid courage. I choose not to put too much energy into conspiracy theories about the how, whys, or what was behind this pandemic as a world event. Whatever its cause, it was a real thing, and it impacted our world. Real sadness, loss of lives, people, and devastating impacts on families. It was a hard time of a collective history and by no means completely finished. We may always have this illness, but not the numbers affected, but now the numbers affected will likely continue to decline. What concerns me is the fallout. The message we were told were to keep safe are not only still part of this world, but embedded now in the human psyche. Keep away from others. Put on masks to protect yourself. Don't go out into the world. It's too dangerous. You can get sick or your germs can make the vulnerable sick or even die. Be afraid of either possibility. 
well, it was quite understandable for many of these ideas that have taken root during a pandemic, is another thing to keep hanging on to these ideas for the remainder of our lifetimes. How long do we stay in fear? Another year or two? Five more years? A decade or longer? I've discussed in past columns the idea of random illness jumping out and grabbing you is, of course, ludicrous from a metaphysical perspective. There are multiple layers of how and why we experience any type of illness, including illnesses connected with the pandemic. I completely get why people are scared and cautious. We've been conditioned to believe in the randomness of illness. And I am an advocate for healthy, reasonable, and practical safety measures. Still, the fear of getting close to others not already safely in our household or family, we know, remains sadly heightened. The most detrimental aspects of this are that this approach has harmed the youngest members of our society. Much of the social development has been marred by this rapid decline into being afraid to get close to, hug, shake hands, or chat in close proximity of other human beings without a computer app, mask, or another type of shield between them. The loss of prom, school trips, and a host of other rights of schoolhood passages and experiences were blown up and cannot be recovered for those who lost them. Young children being a part of a school play or in the audience, the excitement of a crowded amusement park, or summer vacation matter. The late teen, early 20s experience of your first crowded dance club, maybe a concert, and squeezing into a booth at a diner with eight of your friends matter. I got to have these things, and I want the same for everyone. These and similar experiences lost or is a tragedy. The potential harm of another year or more of this ahead for young people would be costly. Another likely contribution to the decline about whether safety and human contact may be some aspects have resulted from a move into the age of Aquarius. While the positive key factors like brotherhood and sisterhood heighten awareness of science and logical thought, celebration of eccentricity and more acceptance of what makes us all unique in the human population are excellent, excellent aspects of this societal shift. Aquarius tests it to remember warmth. Healthy detachment is a good thing, but this can also lead to a time when we forget the value of touching other people, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, when agreed upon. The advances in technology from video conferencing, attending a workout class in a video mirror, having food delivered, being able to work at home are and were life-saving to many people. Still, this can lead to even more people being moving further away from interacting with others in a human way. It adds to social anxiety, and in some respects, the beneficial aspect of this technology pulls us further apart from each other. While a small percentage of the population rightly loves the lack of contact, not everyone enjoys sociability and enjoys being proverbial hermits, the majority of us have a need for interactions with other people, one-on-one and in group situations. Restaurants, coffee shops, concerts, sporting events, theaters, health clubs, ethnic festivals, parades, and so many other group activities are essentially parts of what makes the world enjoyable. For all of its extreme tragedy and loss for so many people connected to the time of COVID, in all aspects of life, there is duality. So many people rose to the occasion to perform heroic acts to help others. 
nurses, doctors, medical field employees of all sorts, and many people in other industries stepped up in massive ways. Simple acts of thoughtfulness and kindness at a time when people were suffering were beautifully mixed with all the negatives. The willing sacrifice to help others that occurred during this test in the world didn't nearly get the recognition it should have. Shutting down for a bit to theoretically stop the spread of the disease to protect the more vulnerable in society, the benefits of it for the environment of less cars on the road, and looking at the importance of prioritizing having a healthy immune system were heightened responses that had value. People re-examined the priorities of family togetherness and whether the often over-prioritized value of the material aspect of life needs to be shifted. In some ways, the entire world got together to fight this. this is, uh, there were so many societal inequities brought to light, which is a big part of why pandemics occur in the first place. Out of the rubble, we are reminded that humankind can show its better, kinder side and growth enlightenment and even a chance to rebuild can rise from these tests. Unfortunately for many, the leftover phobias will likely continue to project into the future. The reigniting of the end of the world theme to both religious, metaphysical, and scientific fatalistic circles, of course, is being seen all over. There's more fear, trepidation, and various beliefs that the world is in its decline. This can lead to even more people losing their taste for life. Those last three words are significant. One of the aspects of COVID for many was losing one sense of taste and smell. We've been trained by logical science and linear thought that a disease creates a condition and the symptoms. Metaphysics teaches us that the physical condition is actually a result of limited beliefs and then resolved emotional pain. In other words, the fear or limit internally was already there or was growing and the disease is our physical body's way of showing this to us, potentially giving us a chance to face it and better yet release it. At a simple, more human level, many people are still, ignore, uh, are still lingering with thoughts like these and will never participate in any group event. I won't go near the bad ones who aren't vaccinated. I won't go near the vaccinated because they're now contaminated. I will wrap myself and my children in bubble wrap forever to be safe. No chance I'm going to a shopping mall, concert, event, a gym, or other places swimming with germs and people. I will only go to places that are sanitized. I will continue to wear a mask to be safe even in my house and car. I will not put myself at any risk to possibly die. Listen, everyone has choices, and we absolutely get to choose how we respond to this time in a post-pandemic period. Choosing to externally, uh, eternally <laughs> hide in your home, waiting for the next pandemic and thinking you're being wise is at best questionable. If your fear of human contact, touching others and being in the world with all the excitement that stems from the need for vulnerability and risk, all the inevitable mistakes that lead us to grow when we connect to others, the accomplishments, the joys, the sorrows, experience along the way are to be ever, forever avoided because you might die. Sadly, in some respects, you already have. Okay, so uh, this is a three-and-a-half-page piece. Uh, I wanted to cover a lot of points, in which I think I effectively did. Um, you know, so I want to talk a little bit about this, because, again, as usual, 
you know, as a writer, sometimes people get mad at me. Uh, I, you know, I laugh at this now. I'm old enough to recognize the silliness behind this, um, that people are, are, are mad at me. I've had some friends along the way that I've lost, um, you know, contact with. They're hiding at home. They're doing the quote-unquote right thing. Um, I've had a few clients that have gotten angry at me for my perspectives on this. But listen, I stand my ground in a healthy way. Um, I look at things from multiple sides, and I never was one to pretend that we were not in a pandemic. We were, and it was real, and it affected a lot of people. But again, as I said, the piece, and as I endlessly explain, if you believe that um, illness is random, I get why that scares the bejesus out of you. One, it's not, so it's stupid. But that is the traditional viewpoint of, of Western medicine generally. So many people follow this belief. So that being said, you know, the get-backs, not-get-backs movement and the fighting and the arguing and all the stuff that's going on, of course, is not a shock that's coming out of, of this, this, the, uh, the vestiges of this pandemic. Um, you know, listen, I, I reached a point, as probably many of my listeners might have, where it's hard to even watch the news. Um, I'm not talking about local news and basic, you know, reporting. I'm talking about, like, um, things like CNN and MSNBC and even Fox News. They're all, like, it's all, a lot of it, especially in the evening, is opinion news. Everybody has their stand and their posture. And if you're not on that same side, you're a bad person. And it's all exaggerated one way or another. So it's just absolutely exhausting. So I've said from the beginning, you never, ever see anybody interviewing an acupuncturist, an herbalist, a, uh, uh, um, uh, a doctor that, is, uh, you know, that uses um, uh, natural methods. No one is interviewed this way. No one is interviewing traditional medical doctors. And, again, the belief that stems, and we talked about this in my column from two months ago, which you might want to catch, about holistic medicine versus uh, Western is that, you know, illness in essence is random or, you know, you smoke too much or you ate the wrong food or, you, you know what I mean? And, and I'm not denying that some elements of that is not in play, but there's always a deeper reason for an illness to occur. So this being said, a lot of these battles that exist on the right or wrong of it are, are sort of silly. Even the vaccine issue, you know, there's a huge sale now about if you're refusing to get vaccinated you're evil and you're bad and you're the ones that are causing, you know, us to have a reemergence of, um, of this disease. And, and, yes, there is a reemergence of COVID, uh, but it's not, of course, nearly in any way to the degree it was during the peak of this, and it's unlikely that it will be. But, yeah, it's still, you know, notable in some places. But the argument becomes, again, you're a bad person. This is kind of the left's viewpoint. Um, the right, of course, is like, you know, you're taking away our freedom and, you know what I mean, and, and, and you know, and, and you're, uh, I refuse to do this no matter what. As I've said this before on previous shows, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I think for the brunt of the population is probably the better road for people to take to get vaccinated. Listen, the majority of the population, you've been prodded with, with vaccines and pharmaceuticals and all kinds of things since your childhood. So, if it's gonna, a vaccine is going to make you feel safe and believe you're safe, it probably will be effective. But from a holistic perspective, when you're injecting the body 
with a vaccine. The body doesn't understand what you're doing. It had no plan to bring this illness to you. Um, you don't have the emotional, psychological wounding that is connected to this illness. So it can throw the body off. But again, not an anti-vaxxer here. Listen, do what you feel is right for you. But we've got this kind of extremism now in society about the right to wrong event. And I've been subject to people because my viewpoint is a little different than other people's, um, of, of people being mad at me or thinking I'm being bad because I'm taking a somewhat different road around the subject and what I do with it. So I've been studying and working primarily with holistic medicine for 30, 35 years. So, yeah, um, I take a different approach to how I handle healing and, and what I do with it, and I honor everyone's decision about that as well. So we're in an interesting reemergence because now, if you're catching the show fairly well, you know, there's the argument about wearing masks again in different places. And, you know, um, I, you know, I always sort of like to remind people, I had posted something about this on Facebook, um, that when you hear that song, um, kids will, will sing a song, Ring Around the Rosie. And it's interesting where that stems from. Ring around the rosy, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. <laughs> you know, if you're, you remember that as a kid, many kids sang that song. Interesting, that sprang from the, uh, I believe it was the Black Plague, you know, from a couple hundred years ago. Um, and the ring around the rosy was that when, when you got this, when the pandemic had come around at that time, I think it was the Black Plague, um, you would get a, a red mark, and there would then be rings around the mark. So that is actually something kids were sort of singing about that way. And so um, when they say ashes, ashes, we all well, – when they say pocket full of posies, get to that first, um, that actually stems from, at the time, the way they were combating not getting the illness was you would wear masks, and the mask would be stuffed with posies, flowers, or posies in your pocket. And that was said to have warded off this um, disease. Um, so ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Ashes, ashes, is that listen, a lot of people died at that time, and they had to actually burn the bodies. They all fall down as a reference to the death. So it's interesting to me because, you know, here we are, whatever, 400 or so years later, and our solution is to wear masks. I don't think we're stuffing them with posies now. <laughs> but, I mean, it, 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 I don't know, man. It, it, every part of my instinct in wiring is I think it's dopey. I don't think it does anything. I think it's kind of somewhat of a performance at one level. I'm not, I'm not going to buck it in that way. If that's what they're demanding you do, I'm not going to be fighting in Walmart about it. But it's stupid to me. I don't think it does anything. And, again, pandemics eventually come to an end. They always suck. Um, you know, we live in a world where there are earthquakes and tornadoes and illnesses and, and all kinds of difficult things that happen, and, and, and pandemics occur too sometimes, you know. And I, God bless everyone trying to heal it and work on it and fix it and all those things, but you know, it is what it is, and it'll pass in essence when it's ready to pass. So, um, yeah, I can't get into the whole masking argument and the right or wrongs about just silly, silly arguments to me, uh, ultimately about nothing. Um, you know, I don't. I just I don't think they, it does anything. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm probably not. Because again, 
illness is not random. And if I haven't mentioned this before, let me mention this about COVID, significant. Listen, lung issues in general, again, remember, it's a physical thing when you get an illness, but it stems from unresolved emotional, psychological energy that had not been dealt with. So lung issues always have to do with long-standing grieving, unresolved, whether it's lung cancer or COPD or asthma or COVID or anything, yeah, they're all interconnected with having to do with that unresolved energy. A common thing in COVID, as I had mentioned in the piece, is that the loss of taste and smell. Um, it's literal. You've lost your taste for life. Many people, listen, we live in hard times. The people are fighting with each other and arguing and more than ever. And, and so some people are choosing to exit this world. And so some people will get this disease and they'll recover from it, and they may have a new lease on life and want to taste and touch and smell experience and stay around for another 40 years or so, and that's awesome. Um, the brunt of us will never get it at all, and or if we did, we won't get sick. And then a, a percentage, way higher than I'd like it to be, of people will potentially have died from this, and some still are. That is a reality in the physical world. Uh, people, you know, could take different vehicles to exit the planet at different points. So, no, I'm all for doing the best to keep people around and bringing joy and, you know what I mean, and healing this and whatever angles we take. But, again, in the larger picture, um, not attempting to sound callous here. It's the perspective of an older soul. This is a reality in this world. So if you don't have those conditions of, of you know, long, unresolved grief and, and losing your taste for it, no, it's unlikely COVID will be an effect on you irregardless. So, we look at things scientifically. We study the science of it. This is how many people got hit. It's in crowds. And, you know, you can look at it if you were studying the world, how many people have unresolved grief that they've never come to terms with. If we read it from a metaphysical level, we can get more insight and even potentially do more healing work. But we're not. I'm a realist. Listen, a society that operates that way is probably hundreds of years off before more people are committed to that, that structure. We Western medicine has awesome elements to it, and then a lot of it is crapola, you know, as well. Uh, it's, you know, again, we're going to get – everyone's going to get prodded with 16 vaccines a year, and, and what pharmaceutical is going to come to the rescue to save the day? I mean, all right. It's good. It's help people, but other levels it's detrimental. So enough on that. My main point in writing this and what I was talking about anyway is COVID to me just exasperated something that was already happening people were getting more detached from each other. A lot of this is technological in that way. Um, like I said, I saw a commercial the other day, and I think it's a Lululemon thing or something like that, where you can, like, do an exercise class in front of a mirror. Um, that's cool, man. I mean, for people that are shut in or can't travel or have limitations, I'm so glad things like that exist. I think that's amazing. It's the same thing with getting your food delivered or ordering things from Amazon um, or like when you watch TV shows now, the audience is like, I saw Dr. Phil the other day, and like the whole audience is people on video cameras in their own homes. So at some level, listen, that's really cool. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm a, I see the value of technology and, and, and a lot of people not having to go to an office and stay at home. But I guess, and again, on the flip side, we're losing so much contact with each other as human beings. Um, that it, it disturbs me. Um, I think that, you know, 
as I said, even in this piece, I think aside from, you know, taking away so many of the developmental things that happen with young people, um, you know, that are part of how they develop socially in school and interacting with each other and, and going to camps and things of that nature, um, they can't get that back. Once it's lost, it's lost. And, and listen, this is a real problem for me. And it was from the beginning. I was never an advocate for pretending that there wasn't a, a pandemic. But, I mean, we have to walk a line here with what is right behavior and, and how things are affected in the long haul. And that's why I had said that in the piece. How long do we all stay at home and we hide? How long is a lifetime? Right? You know what I mean? So, yeah. This is, um, it, it's disturbing to me in that way because I think that, you know, we're losing so much in this um, that I don't know if it can be recovered um, for a lot of people. And I really question keeping it going longer. Um, there have been increases in suicides, especially among younger people and alcoholism and, and addiction and, you know what I mean, and, and Man, it's, there's a lot lost in this, and I think we have to weigh this. What we're seeing in the United States, and you're seeing this in other countries too, is that becomes the big debate. If you're in a, you can see this happening right now, aka July, end of July of 2021. Um, you know, the big debate is if you're in a blue state, they're bringing back a lot of masking again and the things of the nature. And if you're in a red state, um, a lot of the red states are resisting bringing back masks and things of that nature. Um, it makes me kind of laugh because, I mean, Arizona is like a purple state. We're kind of like still kind of the red state, but we've kind of leaned a little more blue. Um, so I always sort of laugh because I'm glad we're not enforcing a mask mandate again for a lot of different reasons and, and shutting down. So there's sort of a gift in having a Republican governor. But trust me, guys, if you're more left-wing in your politics, I also would like to strangle the governor, too. He's a lot of stuff about it can go on that I hate that he does. I mean, but that is politics. I, it's always a dual thing. I have a brother that lives in L.A., and uh, he's got vaccinated, as did his, his wife and his, 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 I think his son. His son is only 13. I'm not sure if his son got vaccinated. My brother got vaccinated, so did his wife. And, you know, L.A. has brought back the mask mandate for indoors and you know, and, and he's like, you know, he's becoming a little right-wing in his viewpoint about a police state and a feeling of, you know, I got vaccinated. And of course, I'm, I had to talk to him about that because he was like, you know, if only that non-vaccinated people would do their part. I'm like, Joe, listen, don't get caught up in that nonsense, too. You know, there is a percentage of the population for many different reasons that is simply never going to get vaccinated. You can... Stamp your feet up and down a million times over. Uh, you know what I mean? That's just the reality of this life. So getting into you're a good one or you're a bad one, exactly what I'm saying is where there's a problem. But, yeah, um, I had planned to go to Vegas in September, meet my brother from L.A. there, and they just brought back the mask garbage again. I mean, uh, if I hadn't already booked it, I'd probably cancel it, honestly, you know, in that sense. I just do not want to sit for hours wearing a mask. I mean, people are like, oh, you're being a baby, Jim. No, it, one, it's stupid, not doing anything. Two, again, it's just, it's just, I just, I can't stand it. As many people are just tired of that at one level or another. Um, 
So it's understandable. But, yeah, of course, like everything, it becomes a political thing. And I think that that's nonsense. I, I wish we were not so inclined to politicize everything. To me, I've talked about it in previous columns. That is one of the problems right now. It's like you're the good one and I'm the bad one. And, and, and let me tell you this, guys. Listen, I'm not talking obscurely here. You can go throughout recorded history and look at the idea of being a good one or a bad one. You know, during the Protestant Reformation in England, you know, hundreds of years ago, if you maintain being Catholic and the country was moving toward a Protestant agenda, I mean, it got so bad that they sometimes put to death people that were, were housing priests or, you know what I mean, or still participating in Catholicism. They were the bad ones. And this is insanity. You know what I mean? Um, same dynamic with, you know, you could take – you can go back to religious influences from decades ago where if you're not baptized, you're bad and you're get, the devil's going to get you and all these other type of philosophies. So people are like, it's not the same thing, Jim. I'm like, it's exactly the same thing. The idea that you're the good one and I'm the bad one and I'm keeping us safe and you're not. And it's, an, it's all nonsense. I, I've said this before. Um, I say with humor, but there's a truth to it. I call it the unholy trinity. Religion, politics, and science. <laughs> and most people would say, I get why religion is sometimes unholy. It's not that religious, religion doesn't do amazing things and provide fellowship for people and amazing stuff. But, yeah, there's some elements of religion that are dark and difficult. Same with politics. That largely goes without saying. But I always say the same thing. Same with science. Science is amazing. And, and there's so many things science does that's amazing. But this thing, that's happening now. I'm not thrilled about this at one level. No, that we cannot shut down a society at the end of time. And if we keep telling people to be afraid of each other and be afraid to get near each other, to me, there's long-range damage to this that is just absolutely unrepairable in the long haul if we keep going with this in that way. Um, you know, being in this world is, is a vulnerability. It just is. Uh, and And so... You know, I, I just think that we, we have to really look at this as society. Listen, on a positive note, I think that this whole process that we're going through um, will lead people in the next few decades to looking at more elements of holistic medicine. I think it's the very thing that's going to propel people to look toward that, more people to find their way to some of these things by growing exasperated with some elements of science in that way. And, again, in a holistic world, we'll have both of those things operating beautifully. And, you know, you'll get to choose which way you go. But um, it is my deeper concern and why I had written this is, yeah, it, it kind of stinks, man. It, it's getting where people are afraid of each other and interacting with each other and, and the good one and you're the bad one and, you know, when I wrote the piece, it was just funny watching this young, buff in shape, healthy guy, like, terrified because he was in three seconds of my airspace. You know, I mean, come on, man. You know what I mean? We have immune systems, and, uh, you know, there's a point where this is just crazy, you know, in, in that respect. We're losing a lot of our social disposition. And some of the more fatalistic people, of course, get excited about it. It's like, oh, yes, I'm going to stay home, and... You know what I mean? And we'll never have concert events again. And we're, ah, listen, shut up. Nonsense. Uh, listen, the world will, within reason, go somewhat back to normal um, 
you know, again, ever so wonderfully, pandemics do eventually end. Uh, you know, uh, they're not forever. I'm a realist. I think COVID will, to some extent, be around, just in a similar way as AIDS was. It, you know, you have much less people dying from AIDS or getting influenced in that way by it. But is it gone entirely? No. You know, more illnesses exist in this world, and COVID will be one of them. But is it going to be the same where we have this huge level of pandemic and death as we did in the in the winter of, of 2020 and the early part of 2020? No, that was the toughest point of the pandemic. And, you know what I mean? And so we've moved through that, hopefully. I'm pretty optimistic about that. Although, again, if you turn on the news, they just, God, I'm gonna, like I said, I can last for about five minutes <laughs> listening to this nonsense of, of people expressing fear. Um, uh, it's a bummer. And, again, and I, I want to point out, listen, like I said, pandemics are always purposeful, but they, they bring to light things in society that need to be looked at, that need to be addressed. And, and this one did that in that way. There's tremendous imbalances of wealth and, and social exchange and, and racism and things of that nature were brought to the surface in a pandemic in profound ways. That is the, the quote-unquote good side of it. And, again, I could, you know, listen, we don't – I live in the U.S. So if you're listening to this, you live in the U.S. Let us be realistic here. Excuse me. We're not exactly the healthiest country, you know, by any means. We're certainly not the worst, but, you know, there's a tremendous amount of um, people eat garbage and um, they're overweight and they're, they've got all kinds of conditions. And I'm all for helping and healing and making people stronger, but, Ken, I don't know about some worlds where I talked about this before, where you get seven vaccines every year to keep you from getting sick possible from things and get pumped with all kinds of pharmaceutical things as a survival mechanism. It just seems a really nutty to me in this way. And that's why I had mentioned that thing about the age of Aquarius, just technically what we theoretically appeared into in, in 2000, not exactly to the day. But, yeah, Aquarius, Testis, or warmth. And that is a concern that we're the expansiveness of, of understanding people being different and unique and celebrating that awesome Aquarian attributes. The negative is the lack of warmth, the coldness, the fear of touching each other, being around each other. I don't want to live in a world that is removed from that in that way. It's one of the things that, that makes this world beautiful, you know. I mean, just in the most literal way, I can't I, – I always remember, like, it would be so fun when, like, there'd be a Greek festival, then you go to a Greek festival and there's Greek music playing. I'm not even Greek. I just love Italian festivals, any type of festival. You're eating food and you're watching dancers. and You know what I mean? It's just cool. I love the epic stuff. Gone. You know, none of this is happening right now. One more. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 really? You know what I mean? We, uh, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was in Vegas recently and it was packed, by the way. So uh, it's interesting to seem to bring the mask mandate because I think it's going to cremate a lot of these hotels again. A lot of people are just not going to want to go have to walk around in a mask. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what stems out of it. Um, but I think there's a lot of, um, you know, a little bit of rebelliousness on the horizon. We saw that in Australia recently. Them attempts to keep shutdowns in major cities again, and people rebelling about this. So yeah, all little stuff. But you know, always remember 
vulnerableness and difficulty eventually lead to healing. It's just sometimes the road is really choppy in the way to get there. Anyway, so, uh, okay, I'm going to finish up here. Uh, was a, uh, again, I love writing the piece. I hope if you heard it, you got some, some points to ponder about this in terms of your own life. Um, I may also mention, really important, I did a video on uh, YouTube called The Safe Universe. Um, you can catch that at Jay Ventura on the YouTube channel um, and subscribe to that if you're not already there. I do about one a month. Um, beautiful video about living in a safe universe, about changing the viewpoint from fear to living in safety. And I'm going to do a second part to that about using the angelic realm and and the safety from that angle in about a week or two. So there will be another video posting soon. But catch the first one. It was really strong. It's very emotionally profound to hear this. And it just changed my life when I first heard it when I was like 19 years old. It's a passage from a Jane Roberts um, book. Uh, amazing. And so I really recommend you check that out. Uh, anyway, so if you're not already getting my column, uh, it's every other month, blind copy. There's no salesmanship in it. Nobody gets your email address from me. So email me at VentureSagYahoo.com. Get added to the mailing list. Don't miss the columns when they come out. Um, I'm going to keep doing my thing even if people get annoyed at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is my thing. I want to leave a body of material behind in this world to help people feel safer and more confident and feel more joy, and that is my goal. Uh, and information about my books can be found on my website, jimventure.com, and one-on-one sessions that can be done in office here in Phoenix, or, again, by phone all over the country, even potentially the world, though it's a little more complicated. Um, and uh, great, great sessions with my astrology and numerology and all the different oracles. All that info is available on my website. So, all right, guys. Uh, have a wonderful, uh, I think it's called the Lagnoosh, you know, probably butchering that. August 1st is when the harvest is gathered in, the Druid tradition of celebration. So uh, some good things can be around the corner for a lot of us if we're open to it. Um, so happy uh, Laganoush. Again, probably butchering this word. <laughs> but you'll understand me. August 1st is a Druid tradition. All right, so we'll catch you all next time. Cheers. Thanks for joining me today.